What's up, race fans? It's your boys, Captain Novice and Bo. We're back for episode 19. We're here to talk about the World Superbike Race in Athens, in Athens, Georgia, right? <laughs> in Assen. Uh, Bo, how are you tonight, man? Doing pretty good, Jason. How about yourself? I don't know, Bo. Are you fired up to talk about this Assen weekend? Because I know I am. You know, we started to a little bit earlier through text back and forth, and I, I, we just yeah. had to cork it because we, we've, we're hot-blooded yep. Americans, and we've got a lot to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, were, we were discussing specifically someone making an Assen of themselves. Oh. Oh. <laughs> See what I did there? I did. I like you it. Know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, but, but let's, you know, let's just get straight into it. I mean... Um, how, well, first of all, no, I don't want to get into it. I want to talk about, let's get a little update on your recovery. You and I talked a little bit. Let's let everybody know at home know how you're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a process, you know. Um, it, it, it's a process. So I'm, I'm going through that process, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see some results soon. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling some results. Um, I'm not walking yet. Um, I know I can support weight a little bit, um, you know, but uh, I, I'm not not bearing weight actively on it to walk so i've got another follow-up actually tomorrow morning um so uh, hopefully some good news will come from that they'll be able to tell the bones healing and and uh, really ho hopefully they'll uh, uh cut the timeline down just a little bit and i'll uh i'll be back on my feet um before 12 weeks but uh but we'll see well i mean we're all hoping for that and uh at least at least you're not in intense pain like you were a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely thankful <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, all right. Well, uh, everybody out here, including me, is rooting for you, even though I don't uh, do anything but give you a hard time. Um, but uh, we all hope you get better, buddy. But I've, we've, some of us have been there, and we know how bad it sucks. So to that you know i think uh i'm ready to get started on this world superbike round in assen and start with the superbikes what do you say yeah yeah i'm definitely ready to jump right into it all right well bo told me he didn't want me to mention the top 10 anymore so i'm just going to do the podium places um race one we uh we had johnny ray winning that and scott redding finishing second Top rack, Raz Gatlioglu was on in third. And, you know, I think this was a big weekend for Jonathan Ray and Kawasaki because, you know, before the last two or three rounds, you know, Top Rack had kind of been handing it to them. I mean, I, I feel like he, they made a big statement. They came forward. Uh, they actually used, in the race one, they were the only people to use the brand-new front tire that Pirelli brought. I mean, they they made some big choices and took some gambles and it really paid off. I mean, what did you see out there? I, yeah, this was a John, another Jonathan Ray weekend. And I think that, that you're absolutely right. You know, Jonathan Ray didn't have a very good, um, home round at, uh, Donington park. He had the one big fall, which cost him a, a lot of points. Um, but, uh, you know, through some events this weekend and, and basically through his just his determination and his skill and keeping his head down and making sure that he goes out and does his job, you know, he was able to have a really good weekend. Uh, but, no, this this race won, you know, won the race by three seconds. So um, just, you know, what what more can really say? We've talked about Jonathan Ray all year on and off, so really on the whole year, um, and, you know, and he is doing well. And, and like you mentioned was this was a big weekend he needed this weekend to kind of i think 
reinstill some confidence into him uh, going yep. into later rounds. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think I think for Johnny Ray, I, I think I said this after Donington. You know, I expected him to come back. I don't believe he's a a rider that you can get into his head because he has done so well for so long. You know, he believes in his team and the system, and and they they really uh, did a nice job coming forward uh, into Assen and just getting right to the front and doing a great job like they always do and letting Donington just go, you know, not worrying about what had happened with Donington because in truth, you know, there was nothing you could do about it. It's in the past. So you got to move on. Um, and, and this is what champions do. You know, they don't, they don't break at the first sign of adversity and the, you know, he wasn't that far down and he knew that he just had to knew he had to come out and have a good weekend. And he did, he started off great with a win in race one. Right. It's, you know, it's exactly what you said, you know, to go back and to expand a little bit more on that team aspect, you know, his, even though that bad day at, at Donington, you know, the, the, the last image that I really remember was you know him coming across the line and last, but his team was still hanging off of the fence and cheering him on. And, and I think that that, he he and his team complement each other very well you know days that that maybe they don't put the best spike underneath of him you know he still keeps his head down and he goes out and focuses and does does his best to bring it home in one piece the best he can um and then days where he might not have it all together they've put a really good package underneath of him and they give him the best tools to succeed so i really think that the, that team is just really clicking and has been clicking for a long time and obviously you know they're, they've got you know six world championships underneath their belt together so far so um it, you know it, it it's just a really really good uh place to be and i think for jonathan ray and also for the rest of that team yeah i agree i, I think they're not just a great rider but a great rider on a great team and that makes a huge difference and and it's pretty obvious you know they, they've put um six six championships together and uh it there, you don't do that by accident so let's move on let's talk about scott redding who had a re really good weekend you know finishing second here did a nice job couldn't hold on to ray there at the end but did a nice job in um really uh, i don't know what to say uh just kind of recovering some form and gaining some confidence moving forward I, I think this was one of those races that you can take a lot from no, I agree. Uh, you know, we've seen Scott Redding ebb and flow quite a bit in this championship over the last couple of years. Um, and it, it seems like some days when he's on it, he's really on it. And other days when he's not, you know, he's really far down there. But this was a good, strong, consistent finish, I think, for Scott Redding. Um, it did well throughout. You know, he had the top speed, uh, I think, on the uh, of the day um, in race one at 293K. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, yep. he's definitely moving. Uh, that Ducati's got a lot of power, and it seems like it, it obviously takes care, takes pretty good care of its tires. Um, we've talked about this before, and and is fairly agile, you know, for as much as we've talked about Ducati and the the characteristics of Ducati is, you know, being a fast bike, but not necessarily handling wise. But um, um, you know, Scott Redding's really start to extract quite a bit out of this package, and and I think when Scott Redding's calm on the bike, he's definitely able to perform very well. Absolutely. You know, when he doesn't override it, for sure, that bike is a good package. And, you know, and, and the best comes out of Scott, you know, when we see him like this. It's, it's, it's really nice to see. And, you know, hopefully moving forward, he that form, he can keep fighting with that group. Third was top rack, Raz Catley. The thing I noticed in this race, number one, he and Ray 
race so close. They're so comfortable with the other one and trusting that this guy's under control on his motorcycle. I mean, there was a few times in there where that racing was super, super close and neither one of them seemed bothered by it at all. Uh, and that just speaks to the quality of the riders there. And, and also, um, just some superior trust between two riders on track that are really battling hard. Um, at the end, you know, the red flat caught ta top rack out. He was going to try and catch, uh, Redding and get him into a corner on the brakes, but uh, the the red flag came out. I believe it was uh, Folger's crash that caused that. Yeah. Um. And um. You know, he he ended up unfortunately not getting to do the last lap, which is when he was going to do it. Um. But uh, overall, I thought Raz Gatliaglu didn't ride bad, but he just didn't have the pace of Ray this weekend. He was on the SC zero tire, which is normally where we see Ray, and Ray was on the SCX tire. So I was curious when they said that at the beginning of the race how that was going to play out, but it looks like, you know, Ray and Kawasaki really did a nice job. Yeah, I think conditions in race one were a little bit sketchy too as well. I mean, they wanted to threaten a little bit of rain, it looked like. Um, you know, we've seen Assen. Uh, I mean, the, the weather in, at Assen is notorious for changing, you know, on a whim. I believe we've seen it before in GP races and, and then even in the oh, lower yeah. classes. I think that there was some weather as well that had rolled through. Um you know, and, and overnight storms definitely caused the track to be fairly green um, during these races. So, yeah, I, I think tires were a bit of a toss-up this weekend for everyone. But like you say, you know, a lot of times we'll see Top Rack on the SEX and, and uh, Ray on the SC0. But, um, you know, Top Rack, still a really strong finish. Podium, he, he definitely needed those that those points um, to remain relevant in the championship. Um, so, you know, race one was a good finish for Top Rack overall. Yeah, I, I I thought he I thought he did a nice job. I mean, he was a little disappointed. He said he wasn't happy, but yeah. you know, I, I and obviously for a guy that's been winning races, third isn't great. But you just got caught out a little bit there, and that's I think I don't think that's a poor decision on his part. I think that's just part of racing. Sometimes things happen you yeah, can't control, yeah. and and I I felt sure he was going to make a move, but like he said, he likes to wait till the last lap, and you know more power to you, man. If that's the way you want to do it, do it that way. I mean, there's always that possibility, but you can't plan for red flags because if you plan for red flags and you're not, so, you know, I, he just kind of got the bad end of the stick there. Mm -hmm. Um, and fourth, we had Michael Vandermark. Um, BMW is coming, man. They're, they're getting a little better, a little better, a little better. They're making steps forward and, and Michael Vandermark now is beginning to finish in the places that I expected him to be in right from the start of the year. Yeah, I think we expected a lot more out of Michael Vandermark. But like you're saying, the BMW package is starting to move forward and be more consistent towards the front. Um, I think one thing we have to definitely acknowledge, though, is the you know the, the company that they are keeping up front. You know, these aren't slouches that they're trying to run against. So, developing a bike. Um, on top of that, you know, we know the caliber of Tom, the, excuse me, the caliber of Tom Sykes and Vandermark. We know that they're fan, they're great sure. riders, and that you know they're they should be at the sharp end of that. But you know, working to develop that package further and to really bring the bike along, they're doing a really good job this season. Um, like you said, yeah, I mean, this was a absolutely. this was a, a Vandermark home race, so I think he definitely had some you know some extra motivation to sure. uh, to absolutely. bring that uh, bring that fourth place home. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I thought so too, but I I was I was really happy. I'm really happy to see BMW kind of starting to move forward in the pack and, and kind of be a relevant package, right? I, I the bike is beautiful. Yeah. It just 
it just needs to get a little better on track and and looks like they're making strides towards getting to the front of that, and, and that how, packet. How many times have we seen this year, uh, you know, if if Vandermark and Sykes are not – you see them on track quite a bit. They ride in tandem all the time, it seems like, in every, you know, in every race that we see. There's a BMW, 5th and 6th, you know, 7th and 8th, 4th and 5th. You know, they're always right there really close together. You know, Tom Sykes obviously finished in 7th this particular race. But, you know, throughout these races, we've definitely seen them very close to one another um, all season long, I think. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, I, I think that Tom Sykes and Michael Vandermark have a good working relationship. And I think they also understand that, listen, if we could go out here and beat each other up for eighth and ninth if we didn't want to, but let's work together and figure out how to make this bike better, which is really what everybody should be doing. But in an individual sport, that doesn't happen a lot, right? And it's hard right, because right. you want to win. You want to, and they always talk about wanting to beat your teammate first. And, and really, I think that just comes down to wanting to keep the ride. But for these two guys, if I'm BMW, we got two top tens. We got a guy, and we're starting to move forward. And these guys, their their work together is developing the bike. I I keep this as is, right? Yeah. Because I don't I don't want this to be messed up. Definitely. So you know, let's just see let's just see what happens. You know, when um, when they really start getting closer to the front and they're fighting because they seem. Like I said, they didn't go at each other and and um, make any big moves on the yeah, other one back in Donington. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they they if they're, they they will pass each other, but it's only when it's a safe pass. And listen, I'm faster through here, whatever. And speaking of, you know, I, I noticed in turn six and seven, Rascatlioglu was nowhere near as fast as Johnny Ray or even Scott Redding. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really interesting to me, and I wondered if it's because he looked like he was on the brakes a lot later and using more brake because they would just come by him on all sorts of roll speed. Right. And it, it just looked really strange, but you know, I just, I, I don't know why that just popped into my head, but it did because it was so drastic when I was watching it every time in those corners, I would see that happen to top rack. And I always wondered why that was. And maybe it's because he doesn't have a teammate out there helping him out. I don't know. Right. Maybe. I mean, Locatelli's doing a great job, but they yeah, don't are like Sykes and Vandermark. Yeah, I mean, that's a good segue, though, you know, because Locatelli, this was a, a good finish for Locatelli. He actually had a pretty decent weekend, I thought. Um, so maybe he's, you know, moving forward with the Bricks Yamaha team and, uh, you know, being able to step forward. But uh, um, I, I thought, I thought, I think a five, uh, excuse me, I think a fifth place for Locatelli um, in race one here is a solid finish. Um He's not been quite that far up front, it seems like, all season long. So for him nope. to be there, um, you know, he's what's uh, 1.6 off of uh, off of Andermark. You know, he's moving yep. forward. He, he's certainly moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I called it. I called it. Like I told you, he's finishing in the top 10. This kid is doing the right things. He's going to be good. Um, so I feel really smart right now. The year goes. But I think, you know, Locatelli, this was his best weekend. And this yeah. was his best finish mm-hmm. so far. And and I think it was because there weren't people falling in front of him and getting him places. He just was fast. He just really was. And maybe, like you say, maybe that he is starting to figure this bike out a little bit. And I think, you know, after the weekend, he, he even mentioned that he was feeling really good and maybe he needed to sit down and talk with Briggs Yamaha about next year. We need to have a beer and talk about it. I mean, he... He he was he was excited and that's great to see. I'm I'm glad to see him moving forward because we know the talents there. He's a world champion in super sports, so hopefully this continues. So 
we'll just have to see, you know, what happens and, and what comes forward for Garrett. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry for Andrea Locatelli. I was looking at Garrett Gerloff. He finished in sixth. Um, so solid race for Gerloff. I, I, Gerloff has got to stay out of trouble. This dude starts on pit lane and at the back of the grid more than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. Like what in the world? Uh, Figure I, I, it out. Yeah. It is. I want to. I, I want to focus on on the good right now of race one, <laughs> um, b- because we're not going to see much more of it for the rest of the weekend. No. Um, right. So so race he one. He did ride well in race one. Oh, yeah. he was he was blazing fast in race one. I mean, he was moving quick in race one. Um, you know, unfortunately though. It, he got caught, I think, a little bit out by the red flag. You know, maybe if he had a couple more laps to go, um, he, he would have been able to have, uh, you know, dropped that gap to Locatelli a little bit and possibly come home with the top five. We don't know. You know, could have, would have, should have. But like you said, Gerloff starting dead last and then ended up in sixth place. So he's got the speed. He's got the talent. But he has to have the judgment along with that, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, you, we're gonna get well. We're gonna get into that in a little bit yeah, later. We are. So we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. To... So, but off was was good. That was a good race. He uh, he did, he made a good race and he he made up a little bit. You know, restored his team's faith in him and and so that's good. He's constantly the top independent finisher. Like he really is. So the speed is there, but how he gets himself into these situations, I guess we'll discuss a little bit later. Right. Because like you said, this was, this was the good. Let's, uh, let's stay with the good right now. In seventh, we had Tom Sykes, who again with BMW, they're making moves forward. And Tom Sykes, uh, I think where Tom is struggling a little bit right now is the second half of the race. He doesn't seem to be able to hold the pace and maybe with Vandermark being able to do that a little bit better, they can figure that out for him as well. Yeah, we've seen that out of Tom Sykes before. You know, that was kind of Tom Sykes' mo all last year. He was fantastic in qualifying. He was really quick in a single lap. For, um, but whenever it came down to race pace, we would just see him continuously start to fall as the race went on. So I think that's a good point. And and like you said too, though, you know, we kind of see him and Vandermark switch as the race goes on. You know, Vandermark might start a little bit further ahead, or excuse me, Tom Sykes might start a little bit further ahead. But then they two will kind of flip flop after a while, and then Sykes will fade to the back, and Vandermark will move to the front. So um, you know, that's a good point. Hopefully we'll see, you know, Sykes will be able to take some of those tools and put them into his toolbox from, from the bike development that Vandermark's stepping forward with. And then, um, it, you know, and finish stronger. Uh, then we'll see a be- an improvement on that team overall. That's right. Yeah, I think so. I, I Look, I'm, I'm just really encouraged by the results that I see from BMW the last few races, and I hope it continues. I mean, truthfully, I do. I, 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 I'm just, I love that motorcycle. Like I do. I love the way it looks. Yeah, it just, yeah. we just, I just want it to be faster. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, I, and in eighth place, we had Leon Haslam, mm-hmm. you know, carrying the torch for Team HRC. Um, and for Haslam, this was a good race. It is. I, I think Honda has to be a little disappointed in how the year has gone, but this is. This was a good finish for Haslam, getting a top 10. Maybe they are starting to move forward a little bit. I mean, Alvaro Batista, you know, he crashed out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was... The inconsistency is just... It's, and I think that Alvaro Batista actually mentioned that. I think uh, you know Ange mentioned to me that she had read something or heard heard a comment made that he's actually considering retirement um, because he's, he's not racing 
to where he wants to be racing. So um, maybe that's there's something to that. I, we just don't know. But. Well, stop crashing and see how it goes. Yeah, of course. Chaz Davies finishing in ninth. Good finish. Second independent rider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, outperforming the guy that replaced him at Ducati. I think this is something we've talked about a lot. I don't mean to beat the dead horse. But at the same time, I think it needs to be noted that um, you see that people aren't really as smart as they think they are. (laughs) And so Chaz Davies is still a top-level rider. I do. And and I think put him on Ducati, I think he's in the top five consistently still. So uh, Angie and I were talking about this during the race. Because I get enjoyment out of watching Davies outperform Rinaldi. I'm not going to lie. I, I like the underdog underdog story. I like the scorned rider story. You know that he was you know kicked to the curb by um, by the Aruba team and left without a seat. And they signed the the, the young uh, Michael Rubin Rinaldi after he'd won you know Aragon last year and performed well in the race. And and, and it almost kind of slighted Chaz Davies a bit. But you know we've seen Chaz Davies is more consistent this year I think than Michael Rubin Rinaldi and and has outperformed him on several occasions so and and i say that to to kind of prelude into what Ange and i were talking about was you know one thing i started to think about this uh this weekend and watching these races was both scott redding and Chaz davies are relatively tall and large riders um Mm -hmm. as the development of this bike progresses and the development of tires with pirelli progress um as well, both of these riders might be chewing up tires, you know, at a at a at a much more elevated rate, I guess, or you know, they have similar tire wear and similar data that might be coming back from both of these riders with Ducati. Do you think that part of Ducati's decision was just simply we got to get a smaller rider in to get different data to help develop the bike in a different direction? Um, or to have a contingency around how Redding might use up a tire versus how Michael Rubin or Naudi might use up a tire. Does it go to that level? So I think that this is possible. What you propose here is possible, but I don't think that's what happened. What I think happened was that Chaz Davies didn't have a great year, and Ducati said, pull the pin, pull the ripcord, this guy's done. we got to get the new fast guy. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Oh, on a on a Ducati already right. easy. Well, that was we'll an easy pl- plug and play. Right, so that's an easy scapegoat, right? For if you want a that's different a, type, exactly. of, a different if you want a different data set to come in, but you don't have quite the justification to make that kind of a move, you're going to be looking for an excuse to go there, right? You're you're going to to well, to not really make right. up a, a chase a ghost, okay. to it, but you you are you know you, I think you know what I'm getting at. You know that was Michael Rubinelli provided that that out by with that that good result, right? And like you said, Chaz Davies might not have been closer to, as close to the front as they really wanted him to all season long. So they they played that card, essentially. You know, it's kind of like the, the right-to-work state, right? Or the whenever you're at your position thinking you can be let go for whatever reason. Holy crap. This guy pulled out politics, everybody. <laughs> the right-to-work state. I Sorry. got you. No. Want to do any union bashing? I mean, what do you want to do here? Oh, uh, don't get me started on the union. <laughs> I have a story about unions as well, but that's for another time in our other where we discuss uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, 
<laughs> Check Bo out on that's the tinfoil hat that's podcast. That's the tinfoil hat part, <laughs> turn one. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I don't I don't know that they thought that. I, I think that it's a good, I think you've been thinking about it, but I think you might be overthinking it. Surely Because I not. think we see this a lot. No, surely not. You don't have anything else to do. You're just sitting around all day. What but, a jerk. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to roll tonight. I'm feeling good. Wait till I get to Gerloff in race two. But I, I tell you, the truth is, is I think that, that we see this a lot. A guy gets a good result. They're, the factory team's a little unhappy with what is going on with their rider that year and, and his contract's up. And maybe... Chaz Davies was a little had gotten a little bit comfortable and was saying things that maybe they were offended by. You know what I mean? I don't know, but what I do know is that this happens a lot, and I I don't know that they wanted a different data or data set or data set. I, I don't think that. I think what they wanted was that they thought that the up and coming rider mm-hmm. was Michael right. Rubin Rinaldi, and that the, the downslope rider was Chaz Davies. I mean, he might have a couple years left, but he's not going to perform at the level he was performing before. So let's grab this new hot hot commodity in Michael Rubin Rinaldi and let Chaz Davies finish his and plan somebody for the who future. we don't care right. about. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So I think that's what happened more than the other thing. But yours is perfectly plausible. I just don't think they're that smart. And (laughs) to be honest, I I mean, I don't think anyone is. I don't think anyone thinks like that in racing because we see them do the same things. I a little bit things. They you don't see anybody thinking way outside the box ever in racing. And the reason for that is because if you do the box and it blows up in your face guess what you're going to be holding the bag yeah you're holding the bag and nobody wants to hold the bag so i don't think that's what happened um but you know just to get back to the race now you know in 10th we had axel basani mm-hmm. and you know axel basani is on a panigale v4r mm-hmm. and and he is also he and davies have actually finished really well as far as the independent Ducatis go, you know, I, I, they've beaten, they've beaten the factory teams, uh, on a regular, on a regular basis. They've finished ahead of some factory teams. Now, a lot of times that was the team of BMW, but they're starting to move forward. So maybe we've seen the last of that for Bassani anyway, but I want to say in closing about this race is I really hope that, uh, Jonas Foger is okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, he was unfit to race the next day. And I believe also, um, Nozan, was also unfit to race. Oh no, I'm sorry, Lucas Mahais. Yeah, he, he, was heard, he had a, and, a, and, a wrist fracture, I think. Lucas Mahais. Yeah. Did. So I, I, I hope, I hope both those guys are okay um, and come back stronger. Absolutely. But definitely. Race, race two, race two is where this starts. Well, let me just touch on the Super Bowl race real quick. Ray was very dominant in that race. There we saw Ben Rinaldi put it together. The whole so. Again, Go I'm going to point at Michael Rubin Rinaldi because he's not riding a completely new bike. So we're seeing him finish bike. The change is not the bike. It's him. And I guess you could come down to a few decisions on tires and things of that nature. But my issue here is that you have the potential to win a race. We've seen it. You have the potential to finish on the podium. Here we see it again. But instead, what we see a lot of is a top 10 or a crash. And that's that's not where 
factory Ducati wants to. So I'm going to play this card. My, oh, if please we, play if your we, cards. If we don't look at the scoring sheet and we don't look at, at the timing screens and we don't look at the, what the FIM and how they categorize the Super Bowl race, Michael Rubinaldi did not finish on the podium. Fair. I mean, that's a fair point. I just, you know, I just wanted to point it out because there was some potential shown there. I don't, I don't have anything on the race other than, you know, Locatelli got bumped off because of our favorite rule. Well, so did Top and, Rack. Top Rack did right, as well. You know, he so, got bumped yeah. down. Yeah, so, but I am going to tell you right now that tire touched the green. I don't know how much of it. It couldn't have been more. It, it was, was about so, a credit card width, right? I mean, it was, it was oh barely there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so that's heartbreaking for him. But you know, let's move on to race two real quick because we're short on time. And Johnny Ray, Scott Redding, and then the first podium podium for Andrea Locatelli. Um, congratulations to that young man. And I think he is making steps forward. And I think it's starting to really come together for that team now um, on his side of the garage. Uh, well, let's get to what we all want to talk about with race two. Yeah, turn one. Um, turn one. So someone didn't get the memo. You're supposed to park it in turn one, <laughs> not bowl in turn one. And I'm a little. I, I I've had it. I've truly had. I've had enough. This is ridiculous. Now this is what we were texting a little bit about earlier today. Yeah. Now Gerloff recently signed his one year extension to stay. And he better be glad because this guy it has to stop immediately. He has to stop right now. It can't happen again. He is, he's, he's out of control. He's out of control. And I thought Scott Redding, they asked him about it, broke really late for turn one. And Garrett broke later than me. And I thought immediately, that's not going to work out. He said he's got to, was, is he out here to win races or is he just trying to win turn one? And I, I think that's a fair point. And I, and I think Gerloff right now is not getting the message. He's not learning from his mistakes. And I honestly, this pains me to say it. And I'm a huge fan of Gerloff as an American, but they got to suspend him. They got to sit him down. They got to, this may not stop. I mean, he, he is blazing fast, but it doesn't mean anything because he can't seem to keep himself out of any trouble. And taking out riders in the manner in which he has taken them out every single time is 100% ridiculous. And I made the mention to you that his apologies are hollow to me because if you really mean what you're saying— then you won't do it anymore. He's not just doing it again. He's done it now twice. I mean, he took out Johnny Ray. Then he took out Michael Rubin Rinaldi. And he took out his Yamaha compatriot, who is fighting for a world title, all on some move that I have no idea what was going through your head. What in the world were you trying to do? You were starting at sixth on the grid. You did not start at the back. You were all you had to do was get through turn one, and your speed would have been apparent. 
But instead, what you did was the most Muppet thing you could do is be out of control going into turn one. And people could argue that he stayed up. It doesn't matter. He did not have that line. That is not the line. Top Rack had no idea a Scud missile was coming in there and pulling a uh, and his Yamaha teammate Gerloff was pulling a Lorenzo on him. That was as egregious an issue as I've ever seen. I will not call that a racing incident. It made me irritated and mad, and I had to pause the race for a second so I could yell at Garrett Gerloff. You have to be kidding me right now. That is ridiculous. What do you think, Bo? I don't disagree. Um, I guess what I, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to find the words. Um, I know how hard I'm this is being a Yamaha and Gerloff fanboy. I get it. I get it. This is this is so hard. But Bo, you you can you do it once. Okay. You know what? Everybody makes mistakes. Okay, and you saw how he came in. That was exactly the same way he came into that turn at Aragon on Ray. Like, no hope. No hope. Right. Um, I, I think that, I don't want to say the difference in Aragon was that he, you know, in, in Assen he made the turn. Um, you know, he got a good start. So let's peel, let's, uh, I want to peel back the layers of the onion as much as I can. Um, it, just trying to be objective about the whole situation. So he got a good start from sixth. He got he got a really good start from sixth and got a really good run down into the line. We know that the most hectic turn at any race is turn one. It's not acceptable to, first of all, hit a rider. One is too many. And I, I said that to you in text today. You know, I think once is, is too many times. Um, That's right. But it's also much, much worse, like you say, given the fact that he took out a, a, a fellow Yamaha. And a, ta- a a world champion fighting Yamaha right now, uh, you know, or, or was, right. you know, going into this weekend. Um, so I do think that that there needs to be some some hard conversations that are had inside the Yamaha garage. I don't think a I, I don't think that a suspension at this point is is going to do Gerloff any good. Um, in all honesty. I think that Gerloff still needs. I think Gerloff's the kind of person that he needs to get out. He needs to get on the bike, and he needs to be on the bike turning laps. Um, Gerloff has found himself in very unlucky situations uh, as far as qualifying goes. Um, I think that he needs to maybe dial it back a bit in certain sessions and stop trying to, to override the bike. You know, because obviously a fifth qualifying, a fifth position qualifying is better than 25th and not being able to set a time. You know, and, right. and he proves that he, he proves yeah. time and time again that he has the speed to work through the class. But you don't have to prove that every single week if you can just dial it back a bit right. and then and, and qualify to your best qualifying. So, and and he did that at, at, uh, um, at, at Donington, right? He started, what, fifth, I think, in just about every race yep. at Donington and did well. So it brought home on a podium, too. You know, he got podium in race two. So you know that you're there. You know that you're with these guys. You know that you're running close to with, with Top Rack. I don't think that, obviously, his intention to me was not the fact to punt Top Rack or anybody off the track. He made a no, mistake. of course not. He, he made an, He outright made a mistake. Um, unfortunately, Again. he has made the same mistake three times now. Um, and, and I still go back to Estoril. I, I'm not sure that, 
Gerloff broke too late at Estrel. I, I, I'm not sure what happened there. The bike just got out of shape, and he found his way into the back of Rinaldi. I really don't. I don't think that that was as egregious of a mistake on Gerloff's part as the Ray incident or this top rack incident, personally. Um, well, we, I, we can argue I, I that all day long. We, d- we don't know what happened oh. on the bike, right? So, no. um, with that, so that matter. being said, though, he, you know, he, he said that he wasn't sure who the rider was until he looked back and saw Top Rack. And you could clearly see that when this happened, Gerloff was immediately angry with himself. He was upset, you know, and, and got shuffled back through the, through the pack quite a bit um, and was visibly shaken for, for, for the rest of the race. I mean, he ended up crashing out. You know, there were two riders that didn't finish this race. Unfortunately, they were both Yamahas. Um, and and the fact that I think that Gerloff didn't finish this race was even worse for him. You know, he did. He even lost more points in, in the independent championship. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. Those points don't matter right now. Not not to me. Well, well yeah. You know, but, uh, but, but so let me... I'm going to give you something that I tell my children. The consequence of the action is sometimes all that matters, not the intention. Right, exactly. I understand that. And, and and at this point, if I'm racing with Garrett Gerloff and we're racing close, I am nervous. You're going to be on edge, absolutely. Because I don't know what this guy's going to do. And... I make that comment because I made the comment between Ray and Toprak. Ray and Toprak, Razgat Aglu, were racing wheel to wheel, like so close. And no shenanigans. No one hit anyone. Everyone stayed under control. And that, to me, is the next step for Garrett Gerloff. If we were going to talk about Zarco, and the incidents he's had on track, the one incident that was super egregious against Darko to me was Austria. When he had that incident with Pole, I have no issue. He number one, he was there. Number two, he's looking left, and Pole's yeah. on his right. Not his fault. And everybody's like, "Oh, Zarko's aggressive." Yes, he is, but. But that is not the same thing. There's as a what difference between saw. aggressive and reckless, right? Um, and that's right. And so Gerloff is on the reckless side of that right now, and I can't take it. Like I have had it. It. I think I've had it because he is talented, and I want him to do well. And he's. He's pissing it away man well you're frustrated it's because he's, he's the american hope right he's the american dream that's that we've right got of, of winning the world superbike championship and a race and to, and to hear the star spangled banner from the top step of and podium, maybe that's why you're frustrated that, that's why you're upset it is frustrating yeah you know that's the potential right. that's there and, and maybe it is too much to ask maybe it is but i don't know man i don't think it's so just tough. I, I don't think that it's too much to ask of, of girl we've seen uh, the talent's there i, I think that the, i absolutely think the talent's there and i think that there's no better hope right now um than garrett Gerloff. but i think that this is all a big learning curve still for garrett Gerloff. he learns new things every year every season every time that he's out and this is this is a this is the 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 hills and valleys that these guys go through and right now he's in a really really deep valley um so, mm. and I know that there was a, yeah. I, I know that Yamaha pulled them and he, basically they called Garrett Gerloff to report. 
Um, I'm not sure what has come of that conversation. I haven't seen any news reports. I think they were, they were ordered for a social media kind of blackout from Gerloff and Toprak both, um, even though Gerloff gave a Sunday race report. Um, you know, uh, I'm curious to know kind of what those stern conversations um, entail. Oh, I can guarantee you, you know what they say. I understand. Yeah, you ha- yeah you do it again stop. and you're out. Yeah, yeah, do it again and That's you're right. out. That's right, exactly, um, yeah, exactly. So, once again, though, I don't think that a suspension is is the answer here. I, I think that Gerloff needs to be on the bike. Yeah. I think that Gerloff needs to be um, – he needs yeah, to get more laps, that... and he needs to get back on the horse, and he needs to, to, to kind of tone it back just a little bit and kind of realize where he's at and, and ride with himself. Yeah, but himself. I don't think he's going to tone it back. That's my thing. Like, he's done this already. We've already put him straight back on the bike when he's done this, and he's doing it again. So what is it that we have to do? Something has to change because – Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Right. So once again, though, it comes back. I think it comes back to the let's look at every incident objectively and independently. You know, the first one with Jonathan Ray was uh, kind of I don't want to say his testing the waters of a stupid move, you know, but it was a late break. He, He made the wrong decision. He lost the front before he'd even hit Ray. You know, and and that I think that was when he realized, okay, yeah, I was in, I was in too hot. I made the mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I, you know, and I lost. I I crashed, and it was my problem. I took him out. It was my completely my fault. The incident with Michael Rubin and Rinaldi, I still, once again, I don't, I don't think that there was as big of an error on Gerloff's part, um, just because of the way that the bike behaved under braking. You know, the bike really got out of shape. So I'm not sure what happened with the bike then, um, because even Gerloff said that nothing felt out of the ordinary uh, whenever it happened and it just kind of happened. Um, this one, once again, he didn't lose the front, you know, and it was a an overly aggressive, I'll say, I will agree that it was overly aggressive move into turn one that unfortunately took out a Yamaha, a fellow Yamaha. So if you look at them independently, um, I don't want to say it's not as bad because I still think it's very bad. It, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay the fact that I think this is a very bad situation for Gerloff, but I think that Gerloff has to be on the bike. And I don't think it is a, he's doing this on purpose bonehead move. Um, nor do I think it's a, he's just not understanding it and not getting it. Um, I, I think that each one of these crashes have something different to take away from. Well, he's going on the bow bus. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. He's there. He's he's firmly planted with a seatbelt on, and we've got to see something better out of Girl Off next time. Well, my if, thing if is, if there is a next time, if, as long as he doesn't get a suspension, right? Everything that you said, I would have agreed with after the second one, but at this point, I don't know that he realizes how dangerous it is for him to be on a bike around these guys, and that's a problem. And now he's going to have to work incredibly hard and he may never get the stigma of being out of control and dangerous you know now and and think about that is, though think about that statement though because you also make the same statement about zarko but now you know zarko kind of shed that reckless stigma yeah he stopped and he stopped his, hitting people okay so you so you can't shut that book yet on garrett Gerloff. It's just really hard as a min- as a min- American. You're the minority there, and you're barely, you know, you're barely represented over there. We're barely represented, and that's the one guy that's really, really riding well. Until he doesn't, right. and when he doesn't, 
he makes sure someone else doesn't have a good day either. Which, come on, man. It's just, yeah, so I'm frustrated with it because I am a Garrett Gerloff fan. I'm, a, I'm an American motorcycle racing fan, American motorcycle racer fan, and this is not what I want to see out of my American in the series. Now, can he turn it around? 100%. But he's got to change what he's doing. And if that means finishing fourth and fifth, take that all day at this point. Yeah. Finish races, leave people alone, no dangerous hard moves. Man, you, you just, you've got to be careful out there. It's dangerous enough. Don't add layers and levels of difficulty to it. That's what I'm going to say. And then I'd be done. I agree. I, I, I think that we've, I think we've, we've beat that. Did we beat enough. that horse enough? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, now, now's the time to flip the switch, though, for, for Gerloff. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's got to flip the switch. All right. And cut. Let's go to Super Sport.